We're going to squeeze in a quick conversation here with Lisa Grossman, who is an astronomy writer. She has a degree in astronomy from Cornell and a graduate certificate in science writing from the University of California, Santa Cruz. Lisa, thank you for joining us this morning. Hi, Shay. Thanks for having me. So we're going to be talking about planets and who gets to be a planet and who doesn't, what the definition is. Why is this such a big deal? I mean, I remember the big Pluto fights that happened a few years ago. Why is this such a big issue? Yeah, people still aren't over the Pluto fights, essentially. <laughs> um, so the the thing that happened with Pluto is that some other objects were discovered out in the same general region of the solar system, which is more than 30 times farther from the sun than Earth is. So it's way out there. And um, we thought that Pluto was the biggest and most important thing in that region. But then in, in the early 90s, scientists started discovering more and more and more, they call them Kuiper Belt objects. And in 2005, one that seemed like it was bigger than Pluto was discovered. And that's what kicked off the whole debate. What is the defining factor? Like, what determines when we give something the designation of planet? So the official designation now, according to the International Astronomical Union, is a planet has to orbit the sun, it has to be spherical, and it has to clear its orbit of other stuff. So basically, anything else in the region has to be either a moon of the planet or it has to get kicked out. And so Pluto didn't meet that last criteria. It has too much company. And that was the definition that was voted on at this meeting 15 years ago. But some scientists never really accepted it. Right, they still don't, right? Yeah, they still don't, yeah. Um, And I've been been writing about planetary science for about 15 years. I was in college in 2006 when this happened. And I noticed across all that time that some... Mm -hmm planetary scientists in in journal articles and conference talks just say planet when they're talking about Pluto and some other objects too, sometimes moons, like really cool moons like the um, icy moons of Jupiter and Saturn, like Titan and Enceladus and yeah. Um, The famous moons. That that are planet-like. The the famous moons, yeah, the (laughs) ones that like could host life, you know, that have interesting geology. And so some, some planetary scientists are just like, Anything with cool enough geology that we as planetary scientists want to study it, let's call it a planet. Yeah, and that kind of makes sense, right? Because, I mean, we know there are things out there and they're just giant rocks floating around, and maybe we're not going to learn that much, we're not going to gain much, but there's some things that are really worth studying that, I mean, just in terms of size and orbit and stuff like that, but just the, the interest factor in it has to go into the calculation somehow, doesn't it? I mean, I think that the the smaller things are interesting, too. There are actually a couple of NASA missions launching this year to um, the Trojan asteroids of Jupiter, which kind of orbit on either side of Jupiter. And then there's going to be a mission to um, a, an asteroid called Psyche, which they think is like the exposed core of a former planet. And so those are small things. They're not planets, but they're still interesting. And they can still tell you a lot about what makes the solar system the way it is and like how it all got put together. So, and that's, that's the other side of the argument about what makes a planet actually is like what, it depends what questions you want to answer. Are you interested in the whole architecture of the solar system as a whole from the sun out to the end of it and how all that got put together? Or are you interested in the individual, you know, hunks of rock or gas giants or whatever it is? And, and, and they're, they're both valid, I think. Uh, well, they, they are both valid, but they're not, I mean, do you, lack of a better word, they're not as sexy, right? There's something about a planet. When we <laughs> discover a planet, that's a big deal. Totally, yeah. Right, right. That's a good point. And, you know, the, the places where uh, we think life could exist, and this is what people yeah, get all yeah. excited about with planets orbiting other stars, with exoplanets. 
we've discovered a lot of definitely planets, but they're really big and they're really hot and they're not going to be good places to live. What gets people excited are the ones that might have water, that might have a rocky surface, that might you know look like home. Will this ever be settled? Can it be settled? I mean, <laughs> we we can't seem to come to a consensus on this. Um, do we have to? I mean, right, exactly. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> we can all just accept there's um, lots of things think, out there, and they have different names. Yeah, and this is actually something that comes up in different sciences in a lot of different ways. Where like it's called taxonomy, you know the the science of classifying things and biologists are really familiar with arguing over taxonomy biologists don't agree on what a species is um and there's been i think another case where this comes up a lot is primatology with like apes versus monkeys um where's the line there so uh, it's not super surprising to me that finally astronomy is hitting this too it's just that for so long we only had these big eight objects that were obviously planets that we didn't have yeah. to worry too much about refining the definition, and now we do. And we're still talking about it. And we're, which is always fun, too. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much yeah. for your time. I really appreciate the chat. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. That's Lisa Grossman, an astronomy writer with a degree in astronomy from Cornell University, so she's wicked smart.